Hello, and welcome to Becoming, hosted by Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. This podcast is focused on helping you become the best version of yourself. And no matter where you are on that journey, we hope to bring you one step closer with every episode. Now, please join me in welcoming your hosts, Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. Welcome back to Becoming. I am back in Boston. I've left the warmth of West Palm Beach, but it is good to be home. And today we have John Nelson with a very long title and it's a new title and we're excited to have him on the show. So John is the director of product marketing platform of Mythical Games. John, always good to see you. Welcome back. Thanks for taking the time. Howdy. So tell us about that long and fabulous title. I am super lucky. My cat, of course, just jumped on the desk. So hold on. Yeah. <laughs> she's, welcome. Um, she's welcome to join. We're inclusive. We're an inclusive group. All right. Come here. Bro. Um, <laughs> so I literally just, when I talked to you all the first time, totally different company, had accepted a job at a totally different company. And I applied at Mythical over a year ago and things just worked out. Um, at that time, it wasn't a good fit. Now they're really going into the DGen NFT like full force. Called me up. They're like, you're not taking that job. You're coming here. And Love I it. There. That's, That's great. So tell uh, us what that, te- well, tell, tell the viewers what that job actually encompasses. So I can't tell you everything yet, but I will say. You have to shoot us. They have, so they have the game, or we have the game Blancos, which has done very well. <laughs> Um, this week, they announced that there's a bridge to Ethereum, and there's a reason there's a bridge to Ethereum, because their roadmap is stupid good, and wow. they will be, yeah, I have never been, and I've had some great experiences in my life. I don't think I've ever been so excited to work on some projects. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's in any, in any field, that's exciting. That, but <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, yeah, I'm... We, there should be some announcements coming out soon, but yeah. And of course I'll be telling you two about it. Awesome. Can't wait. Why don't you tell, uh, I know we've talked briefly before, but why don't you give a little bit of background on you, like how, how you got started in NFTs and maybe some of those records or awards behind you that looks all bright and shiny. Yeah, right. Well. And sh- <laughs> um, so I got my start in the music industry. My best friend was a singer of a band that got signed to Warner Brothers. Very lucky. The next month, I was doing marketing for 26 bands of all the major record labels. Did that for 10 years, managed bands, had an independent record label. And after some bad experiences, my best friend passed away. I decided I was done with the music industry, went to work for a charity that builds water wells in South Sudan South Sudan, and Uganda. Um, but the good thing about this charity, and I'm going to totally sidetrack for a second, is bringing water to a village in itself is important, but bringing water to a village is actually more about or equally about letting women get an education because women are tasked with having to walk six miles a day to get water for the village and they can't get an education. So it was an amazing time. I did that for about a year. Then I got poached to go work at BlackBod, which is the company that makes software for nonprofits. And then my... Foray into the blockchain world started. I went to work for Consensus for two and a half years as the director of social media, um, which was a great experience. It was a great time to be there. I learned so much. And then I got laid off during the third round of COVID layoffs, and I started consulting uh, for B2B 
uh, enterprise companies getting into blockchain for a social currency token for a DeFi product on Tezos. Um, and then I went to game credits, which is the oldest gaming token. And then I went to work for two NFT platforms. It's a great so, background. Mythical. So there you go. <laughs> That's crazy. It's such a huge thing too, because we hear about the NFT space and everybody's like, it hasn't been around for too long. And like, there's not, not a ton of per se experience, but it already sounds like you've been in it for a few years and kind of are, are ahead of the curve or at least have a different kind of outlook. And I'm curious to say, how has it kind of evolved over the years since you started NFTs, blockchain, where do you kind of see that taking? Love to get your opinion on that. So in like 2018, 2019, when I was at Consensus, I was like, hey, we should get into the NFT space. And I put together this deck about how NFTs could work in the music industry. And they're like, yeah, it's not really going to take off. So that shows you in just a few years how things have changed so dramatically. I mean, it's, I don't think anybody saw it how it is now. We all hoped it would be something crazy like this, but I don't think any of us saw it. And I think we're still in, I don't even think we're in version 1.0. I think we're in version 0.5. And I think we're going to see so many changes this year. And I think, I mean, I think we're already seeing it with like all these big brands coming into it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think we barely even even scratched the surface. It's crazy to even think that because it feels like, like we've been in it for so long because everything in the NFT space moves so quickly. It's like I mean, what the joke is what a week is like a year in the space, but it's actually true. I mean, it's like the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. It's crazy. One week, something else pops up. But the thing is, too, that you kind of have to like keep your mind centered on, especially like if you're project founder or somebody that's in the space kind of trying to build something, which I know you posted something on LinkedIn the other day about the whole idea of, of you going around. I have to mention it. You're having a- No, I was going to bring it up. I was totally <laughs> I'm glad. No, it has to be talked about. So I'll, I'll let you talk about that. But people, what we're talking about is kind of, I think we're talking about the same post here, about the whole idea of people saying that they're blockchain experts and help you grow in the blockchain space. Yeah. Want to elaborate a little bit on that? I don't like, I'm not going to call out anybody but name, but I get hit up on LinkedIn all the time. People will send me a deck like, hey, I work for X, Y, and Z, and I've been in the NFT space. I've been in the blockchain. I help, you know, bring brands into it, this, that, and the other thing. And so I'm just like, great, show me your wallet. Let me see what you've collected. And this person in general, the person we're talking about, responded back to me and was like, well, yeah, I just, I only have two NFTs but wait, you just sent me a deck that you want me to pay you to help get people into the NFT space, in the NFT space. And I feel like that's the issue is everybody's coming out saying they're experts in this space. And I've been in the space for a while now. I've worked with some amazing people. You had Sam on the show. You had Mina on the show. They're real DGENs. Like I'm a quasi DGEN and they don't even call themselves experts. Uh, I mean, Sam has worked at NFT companies. He's done his own drops that have been successful. He's If he's not an expert, I, I really don't know who is. So I think we need to stop throwing around the word that we're experts. I think we can say, we'll help you navigate the space. We'll help you get into the space, but only if you've been in the space for, let's just throw down even six months. But if you've like collected two NFTs and your first one was in December, you're not an expert. Don't ask me to pay you. But don't you think that's the whole, uh, what, one of the big pushes behind this space is the whole decentralization. There's not one person at the top. It's not somebody knows it all. It's not all about one person with the money, one person with the contacts. 
you know, everyone's in it and learning together. That's what I have found. So I say it every single time I'm on the show. So refreshing that you, that stuff doesn't matter. Like we're in here to collaborate. We're in here to learn. We're in here to grow. And, you know, the one thing I think is so interesting, we all have as human beings, such a short attention span. So here we are in a field that is, is mirroring that. So are these needs to pivot because we just have a short attention span or is it because everyone's coming up with such new ideas and we really should be following it or, Oh, there's a new idea. Let me jump on that. You know, shiny, shiny object. You I wanted to say two things. You said the key word, which is collaboration. I think that is the most important thing. And I am fine with, I learned this. I was a consultant for blue jeans, a video conferencing company. And I spoke to Krish, who was the CEO. And I asked him how he got into it. And he said how he got into the space was he looked at video conferencing and was like, why is this so difficult? And as an outsider, somebody who never had experience, he could come in with new ideas and it wasn't these preconceived notions. So I'm all about collaboration. I'm all about working with people who maybe have never done it before, but have great ideas. Mm -hmm. And and I get hit up again. I get hit up on LinkedIn all the time and I'll take like 90% of those calls. Um, No, we thought we were special. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I won't take any of the calls. It's just you all. No, no. Um, but it's when somebody comes in, like, pay me for my expertise. That's where I'm just like, I'm not paying you for anything. And I don't mean that negatively, but if you've been in the space for two months, let's work together. Let's. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Like, I have a call later today with somebody who wants some advice. And we've talked to, I work with some people that do some great things in the NFT space. And we help onboard people. We don't charge them. We've talked to charities. We've talked to record labels. We've talked to bands. We're not going to charge you for advice. As you said earlier, we want this to be a welcoming space. So let's help people get into it. Let's not charge them. Like, oh, we're going to nickel and dime you to death. No. And that's a barrier to entry. And then it, it, again, you know, who knows what the idea is? Cass and I, you know, our project, we're always changing something. You know, we've changed our team. We we haven't changed the focus of the project or what we're looking to accomplish. Um, but you have to pivot within it in order to get the product out. And if we had to pay everybody for the collaboration, it's already, we, we couldn't afford to get into it. And um, there's a difference between like, all right, let's have a brainstorm session and let's see if we can work together. And then when you're working together, yes, everybody gets paid. Don't get me That's wrong. Right. I'm not saying, but it's just like when you're trying to see if there's a good fit, I'm not yeah. going to, like, it just doesn't make sense. That, no. that, that is the key right there. It's the terms of the, yes, if you're going to do some work for us and like actually involved in the project, yeah, we're going to pay you because that's how the world works. And that's people aren't incentivized unless they really get paid at the end of the day. At least most people, if it's something specific, Hey, I need you to do this, this, and this, but if it's, Hey, like, let's have a conversation. I had somebody, um, there's been multiple stories. I'm not going to call out anybody too, but the whole idea is like, I have multiple people say like, Hey, I'd reach out and be, Hey, like, we'd love to get your feedback and advice on this. And then certain people would be like, yeah, this is my rate right away. Like, for you to talk. I'm like, I don't even know if I like you. You don't even know if you like me. I can't just pay you. Yeah. And it's like, I wanted like $50,000. We were like, what are you talking like, about? No, yeah. no, that was a little bit different, but in the th- same thing, they wanted to, there was somebody that was into the space is on YouTube. There's tons of people on YouTube, mm-hmm. but they built their channel on something else and just recently got into the NFT space and it talks about projects and stuff like that. And then we were like, Hey, like, how does it work for like you to talk about a project? Cause they seem like pretty knowledgeable. And then we're like, Hey, we're doing this project. And they were like, 
Yeah, for me to even mention it, it's either a percentage of mint or fifty thousand dollars up front. Like, <laughs> and you haven't even had the first conversation. No, no nothing. I didn't even know the project. At least what I told in the emails, like this is that this, the energy wasn't there, so we knew to go in a different direction. Yeah. It, and I we totally tell that we're not negative people. You're not a negative person. You're you're doing this for the positivity to let people know you're not being kind of negative by saying, hey, like, don't listen to these I people will, calling out people. I will 100% share the limited because it is, we all have limited experience. Again, four or five years is probably the person with the most NFTs. Well, no, that's not true. I guess we're in 2022. So what? Crypto Kitties was 2017 and the 2000s. So Let's just say five years experience is the most anybody has, really. I mean, it's yeah. just, Which yeah, is- I don't mind collaborating. I love talking to people. And if you're a brand, like I said, um, there, there's a group I work with. And like, if you're a charity, I will sit there and talk to you because that's the one thing I always say is like the NFT space, the crypto space is so good at giving back. Mm-hmm. But we have, oh, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I'm so sorry. No, go. go you know it. what I would love to see? Uh, on LinkedIn, that's where we met. We see anytime there's a celebrity that buys a board ape, we know about it. How about every time the board ape yacht club gives back to charity, we know about that. Like I think that should be just as equal, like the attention given to that, because I don't think a lot of people know how much money the NFT community gives back to charities, and like that almost every drop has a charity aspect to it. And I think those are that's things true. that we really need to promote more of. That's right. Because people will look at it and one of the negativities is, oh, but look what, you know, it's doing to the carbon footprint. Well, there's another side to that story that, you know, people are planting trees. You're helping out in Sudan with, you know, water wells. It's huge. Um, and the, the, the limited amount of experience is equal to the unlimited amount of creativity you can have when people feel comfortable coming in and having a voice because they don't have to be an expert. There's so many great ideas, but only the ideas that are heard and executed are the ones that come from a tied and true story, right? Like I've got you know 15 years of experience in this, I've done it before, I'm doing it again. So you need to take my idea because it's tested and true. Well, you know what? What's going on in our world right now, we have to start looking at things with a completely different set of eyes. And I think in my opinion here, this is what is exciting about this industry is that we can't fix our problems with the solutions that we've been doing historically. It just doesn't work. And people need to be better educated in this space to understand what it's really doing. One of the things that we're gonna be doing in our project so that obviously we wanna drop our fishing pole into people that already know about NFTs, right? That would be uh, be stupid not to do it, but we we really wanna get artists, entrepreneurs, um, musicians that may not be familiar with the space to come into our group because it's collaborative and it's we're helping people get to their next level. So we hope to bridge that a bit. So the two community managers that we're bringing on board, um, they're, one of their big purposes is onboarding. We just had the call today, it was pretty interesting. Um, so we want it to be very, you can come onto our website, you can look and if you know nothing about NFTs, but you like what our project is looking to accomplish, then it's super easy to get on board. And that's, I mean, that's the key here is like, let's make things, it's funny, we have this argument between, not argument, we have this discussion all the time with a group of friends is like, do we be web three inclusive? Do do people coming from web two need to do X amount of work before they can really work? Like, how do you onboard people? Is it like, that's what we're trying to figure out is what's the process? Because 
there are people from the web two world and there's actually so many creative people that the web three world is now opening up all these doors. They don't need 10 years of experience. They don't need like to fill out a job application. They can be themselves. Right. Like, right. and I think that's- Imagine that, being yourself. Being yourself and doing- Authentically, right? I mean, it's so Jeez. amazing. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, it's how do you onboard people properly to web three? And I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I think we can just keep having dialogue and talking on LinkedIn, social media, whatever crypto Twitter and, and, you know, hopefully they'll gravitate or we build a website like you all are doing mm-hmm. that kind of teaches how you get in, like, and join a group and have open dialogue and discussion. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the goal of this space too. That I think it's so attractive, especially for me coming from corporate, from, I think all of us corporate, Lisa corporate, the whole thing, what I like the best and where I work the best is if I'm, I'm giving a high level overview. And this is kind of similar to like influencer marketing they talk about. And I'll give this example because this might tie it in so people can have a better understanding. But there's a uh, fitness apparel company called Alphalete. Um, it's this guy named Christian Guzman started. It started from nothing. And now it's this massive company um, and they have a clothing line. And the big thing is too, is like, of course, like many brands and fitness brands, they have fitness influencers wear their clothing. And a lot of companies, what they did in the past and what a lot of brands do is say, hey, we want you to wear, you need to wear these three pieces and you need to do three videos just like this. Here's the script and do that. Like this has to be done that way. Alpha lead on the other hand, and I, I knew this because a somebody I follow on YouTube talked about why they chose to go with um, Alpha lead, this brand over like other brands too, because they said they never told them what to do. They said, here, here's the clothing. Here's 10 pieces of clothing. Here you go. We trust in your abilities as a creator because we see your YouTube. We see your channel. We see who you are as a person. We trust you enough to take the clothing and do the right thing. And that's when the person then goes and then wears their clothes all the time. Wears it when they're doing video, shouts them out. Not when you told me to do it. It's giving the creative ability to be who you actually are. That's when the best results. Because contrary to popular belief, you would think by telling people, you need to do this, 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 and this, and these are the things you do, then the job gets done and everything's perfect. But no, it's when you really give people creative freedom. And then if they're not doing a good job, then you can kind of step in. But if they do a good job and they're doing the right thing, I think that's how we can really attract top tier talent to Web3 space by letting them be who they are. And, and I think, except for, again, another post I made yesterday, unless you're going to come into the space and be who you are, and, and I'll say- And you're an asshole. <laughs> and you're, you're typical, uh, and I'm going to ruffle some feathers here. If you're a typical white tech male, and you're going to come into the space and be like, I know more than everybody, then you're really not welcome here. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, there are so many, That's the that's the other thing I love about the Web3 space is- while we're not perfect at all, we have great examples of women-led projects that are doing very well. And I would like to see more of that. I still think I posted yesterday about Beings, um, which is a horrible project, no offense. Um, but when you see the, te- well, no offense men, actually, you know, <laughs> when you see the posts, the founder that project makes, why anybody would support that? I have no idea. And I don't think anybody in this space, we should not tolerate this. We should start the space level setting men, women, sexual orientation. I don't care is all right. even. And because what does it really matter? I've never understood that. What does it matter? Their ideas that we need to solve problems. If the problem gets solved, I don't care if it's your cat that jumped up there on their keyboard and made some good notes. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, geez, if you solve the problem, I'm good with it. But that is, that will continue to be. And, and I've seen it at various tech companies. I've seen it. I, I see it creeping its ugly little head into web three. 
And I think that's something as a community, you know, we all need to do our part in and, and make sure that that doesn't happen. How do we do that though? Because you look at VC money, right? So it's going to come in. Yeah. And and then and then you lose control. What we're doing here at the grassroots is amazing and we love it and it feels good and it's problem solving. Yeah. What do we do to put guardrails in place to not have that happen? Sam and I were talking today um, this morning because I get I'm lucky I get to talk to Sam just about every morning. And they're the dumbest conversations. But um, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to change my name to like whistleblower and I'm going to keep calling out projects that, you know, it, it's just I, I just I don't want to see this space become a tech space because I've seen yeah. what happens. And right. I think because it is a creative space, it is a but like you said, it, it's a lot of people coming from the corporate world, but it's also a lot of people who finally get to be themselves. Yeah. So I think we need to all be more cautious about who we back, who we, you know, and I know like I was reading some of the posts about beings and there were things like, well, we're all just here to make money. So what does it matter? I'm like, well, that's the problem. That's You're putting, right. making money in front of treating people with basic common decency and that's never okay and so I think as a community we just need to stand by our words and you know we need to be a little bit it's not about money it's really about like no and and what are you doing with that money so so what money like right like I always say what do I say Casa? money is an energetic exchange right so you you can't hold it too tight you can't hold it too loose if money is going to make you happy oh god newsflash right so it's got to be like air we breathe it in we breathe it out be grateful to have it, but it doesn't make you happy. It's a, it's a, my mother used to say money is a, is a, as a solution to a financial problem. Yes. That's, that's it. literally what it is. Yeah. That's it. So we need to take these, let's call them resources to have them be solutions to other problems in the world, because just having a bunch of money with that kind of attitude is obnoxious yeah. and scary. I remember in 2017 when like I was first getting into crypto and I would read like it was scary back then because, you know, we didn't have all the knowledge we have now. And I would see people like transferring money and they would lose their money. And it's like, oh, and, you know, Bitcoin wasn't worth a lot back then. But people would be like, oh, no, I just lost like 10 ETH or whatever it was. And the crypto community would get together and give that money back if somebody got scammed, if somebody got... And I was like, this is what's so great about this community. And then just like anything, as it grows, then we had the crypto bro phase where it was like when Lambo, all that stuff. Right. Now I think we're getting back to, you know, I think everybody knows one of my favorite projects is Deadfellas. You have Betty, you have a strong female lead, and it's an amazing thing to see. And, you know, she will always promote other female projects. And you see a lot of female projects out there now where they're all, or female-led projects. It doesn't have to be female projects. Right. And I don't want to single out, go, oh, you should buy it because it's a female founder, but you should not not support it because it's a female founder. If you mm-hmm. like the art and you like what it's about, support it. Who cares? That's right. Male, female, whatever. Totally. Yeah, huge thing what Lisa said we were kind of talking about before, it just kind of a coincidence, but I just started the other day doing some paintings. I, I, I'm new to painting. It was just another creative thing. Surrounded by NFT people. And then I spoke at a conference. There's artists there. 
And I remember saying to the artist there, his name is Joe Bermano. Um, he's done some amazing art for um, the Pope and Nelson Mandela. Actually, wow. I didn't know until I met him. And I was like, yeah, like, I was like, yeah, I can't draw. Cause I was talking about our project and I was like, yeah, I'm not the artist on our project. And, he, and he's like, I was like, I can't draw for, for shit. And he's like, well, just give it a shot. He's like, doesn't matter. And I was like, you sure? And he's like, yeah, go to the store and buy some supplies and see how it comes out. So I started doing a couple. I'm on my third or fourth, but the one behind me, I did. And it's, in my head, I'm like, the guy went to the store and I was like, hey, like, he's like, oh, what are you trying to paint? I was like, well, canvas, acrylic type paint. And he's like, but what, what kind of like art and what are you doing? I was like, I'm kind of just doing whatever I feel like. And he's like, that's awesome. I love that. I love when people do that. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just, I don't know what supplies I need, but this one behind me Hi. is kind of funny. It was um, the movie Scarface is one of my favorite movies. I, I love it for certain reasons and some reasons I don't. But one of the big things he says in the movie is, First you get the money and then you get the power and then you get the girls and then you get whatever you want after that. And I, I love the movie, but I actually took a different approach to that. So on that painting, another thing he says, the world is yours, but I wrote on the painting money, power, and then change. Because to me, in terms of the project and what we're doing here, money to me is hate it or love it. We need money. But to me, it's like my goals, personal girls is different than everybody else, whoever it is we're talking to. But to me, what I see money is you get money then you get power and then you can truly, you still can implement change on a lower level when you don't have as much money. But I kind of think it is unwilling and un, it, you can't really compare it. When you do have money and you do have the right intentions and you do have the power, that's when you can really do some crazy amount of change. You can still do it on the small scale, but when you have the money, yeah. it's a little bit different there. So that's kind of the way I look at it. I see the, the, the ability to reach more people, the funds exactly, to, yeah. reach, to reach I more am, people. And there's how we impact change. I am so fortunate being in this space. I've met some amazing people. And again, I'm gonna bring Sam into this and I'm sorry to embarrass him, but I introduced him to John, the founder of Drop in the Bucket, the charity I worked at. And Sam was so taken aback. And, and mind you, John's taken like Henry Rollins over to Africa. Henry's one of John's biggest supporters and I, there's been other celebrities, whatever, but I, I you know, I introduced Sam because I just, I think Sam's a good person. And Sam was so impressed with it. Sam's doing an NFT one of one drop and all the funds wow. are going to this charity. And he's reaching out to some of his friends to do that. And that's what I love about the crypto community. It's Me things too. like this, where it's like, yeah. and so there are great people in this space that really want to make a difference. As you said, money, power, change. I'll take it. I don't even care power. I don't even care money. Just make a change. It could be a right. small change. It's like, and I know there's some organizations and they're escaping me right now where it's like you put X percent of the money you make off crypto back into the community. So whether it's charity or helping out somebody or whatever it is. And I think we just need to see more of that. Again, I would I love to see Board Ape, whoever, instead of just posting what celebrity has bought an ape, this is what we gave back to charity this month. I think that needs to have the same amount of emphasis as cool, we had a celebrity buy something. And, and those are the great things that we as people in the field right now can set as expectations for new people coming in and yeah. talk about the importance of that. And then people can ultimately, you know, we, we can't really change the way people think, but we can help impact their direction. So if we're doing, setting those expectations, then somebody knows what's cool to follow. Yeah. And by doing that, you might make a little bit more money. Hey, that's fine, right? But as long as we can set the expectations, I remember when I um, first, I still sell real estate and I, uh, the neighborhood that I sell in was going through a gentrification and it was so awesome to sit here and we'd sit on our stoops and have wine and, and hang out. Everyone was friendly, 
But there were other parts of the neighborhood where eh, everyone kind of stuck to their own. And as people started to move down, it wasn't cool to not sit on your stoop and say hello and, and have wine and coffee in the morning. It was great. So that was an unset expectation Yeah, that people actually wanted to be friendly. And imagine that you want to be friendly, but it's not welcomed in other neighborhoods. Well, here it is. And, and so that kind of, uh, I keep saying expectation, but that, mm-hmm. that kind of behavior and expectation is, is something that we need to do in this space so that people coming in know that it's, <laughs> it's okay to do yeah, the right thing. You should be give, kind. Be kind. Be generous. I mean, generous. The simplest thing. Well, you don't have to be ge- just be kind. I don't even care. Yeah. Like it doesn't be a financial thing that you're giving to charity. Like if you could give time to a charity, if you could give X, Y, and Z, like, oh, that's fine to me. And I just think we're in the beginning of a powerful movement. So yeah. let's sculpt it the way we we want to. We all need to make the world a better place. We know this. And we can get into the whole Ethereum's bad for the environment, whatever. But again, we can sculpt that narrative. We can make the changes. It's like, great, Ethereum's bad. Then let's all give back. If you're buying NFTs, give back. Plant trees, do all right. that stuff, whatever. But it's like, we all have the opportunity to make a difference. And we're all making like, it's ridiculous the amount of money some people are making off these NFTs. So like, you can give 1% of that back. You can give right. whatever you want back, so. I've totally derailed this into a charity play, just so you know. No, it didn't. I love it. It was a great conversation. And this is exactly how we like the flow of this this podcast to go. I swear to God, they keep getting better and better. I love it. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, well, again, you've had Mina and Sam. I know that. So it's like, it's tough for me to follow the two of them. So (laughs) you guys are all awesome. (laughs) Well, this is probably a great place to... uh, finish up and go start the rest of our days. But John, it's always, always, always so awesome to talk with you. It is my pleasure, honestly. And whenever we can work together, because you know, we're going to collaborate and not charge each other. That's right. (laughs) Yep. You got it. That's our deal. Thank you for listening to this episode of Becoming. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. And we'll catch you in the next episode.